Hello and welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. How we doing? We got one of the more bizarre, shocking crimes that we've ever covered. Um, and right. of course, Florida is the culprit here. Oh, is that where weird stuff happens? I haven't, I mean, I haven't heard many weird things happening in Florida, so this one kind of caught me off the guard. the Sunshine State, but it's also known as the boring, nothing yeah, ever happens so boring. state as well. Mm-mm, nothing in the news about Florida, guys, so don't even Google it. There's totally right. not like entire websites and Reddit and re- subreddits and everything dedicated no, to Florida. This 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 case here will probably be the only one that comes up. It's that crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's almost like yeah, we almost <laughs> shouldn't even do it because it's we, like, <laughs> we don't want to scar anonymous with I, Florida. Yeah, everyone's already heard of it. Right, and I don't want to scar Florida's name, you know, by putting bad things out there about Florida. I don't want people to think that Florida's <laughs> it's, this it's crazy place. Untainted, perfect right. name. Right, and we're we're tainting it right now. That sucks. But yeah. it's part of the job. We bring the truth. We also shouldn't do this case at the risk because there's just no way of doing it without at least mentioning Gacy once. And now we just got one. Ah, there we, we go. Gacy Fuck. too much, apparently. Way too much. Way too much. But I mean, it's the clown killer of Florida. How can we not? We got another clown killer, people. It's a clown killer. Clown. What's creepier than that? Honestly, what's creepier than a clown with no remorse? You yeah. know what? A clown, if you're going to commit murder, we were talking about this before the, before we started recording. There's no better disguise. You can't, like, I literally, I was telling Michael, I'm like, I think if my, if I saw my dad dressed as a clown, I wouldn't even know it was him. You wouldn't like, be you able to identify him. It just, just, it gets rid of all of your features, like your, your body shape. We don't know. Yes. Like, it's big baggy clothes, big giant shoes. You could have tiny little feet in those giant shoes. Right. Your nose, we can't, like, that's a big distinguishing factor of the way a person's face looks is their nose, but their yep. nose has got Covered a big stupid up. button on it. Yep. And they got makeup on. You can't really tell their complexion too much. It's this giant wig. You don't know what color their hair is. They're typically wearing Man, gloves. Like, yeah. It's Every it's, murder should just be done in a clown outfit if you want to get away with it, really. Yeah, I mean, why not? Oh, Everyone God, hates clowns imagine? now anyways. I'm art, I mean, yeah, I, I hate clowns. So it's, it sounds like a horrific world to live in where every murder is committed is just a clown. Imagine just clowns running around killing people all the oh, time. Oh, gosh. At least it would be easy to find them, though. It'd be easy to spot them, right? It'd be like, whoa. It'd be easy to catch them in their little clown car, getaway car. Right, yeah. They, they're, not, they're not very fast, and they probably got like eight other clowns in there, too. So that shit's like weighed down. <laughs> I mean, they pull up on a street and just commit a bunch of murders, and then they're trying to get right. away in their in their Volkswagen Beetle, and it's yeah. it's tough. It's tough, but they they make it though, and it's good luck identifying them, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> All so, right, yeah, let's get I into this. That's a, that's a proper intro. Let's. That you guys is. got enough enough information to start with on this one. Yeah, is and it I'm, a clown murder, and we're not giving our can't tell, and we're not giving our opinions before the facts, like people always hate that we do. Right. Right? Okay. All right, let's get started. I think we're let's good. Let's hear the intro, my friend. Let's do it. It was Florida, a beautiful day in May. A white LeBaron was well on its way. The driver was a clown, dressed head to toe. But behind balloons hit a 22, and she didn't have a clue. It was Florida, the sunshine state. The white LeBaron. Had no license plate. The clown got out and made its way to the door. That's when she knew what the clown was there for. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was Florida. I know it seems weird that a clown in a LeBaron was something to be feared. But the two pops were balloons. 
on that fateful day And until now the clown's been hiding out But now it's time to pay, it's time to pay, pay It's time to pay, pay It's time to pay, pay day in May, a white LeBaron was well on its way. All right, for our case this week, we're going down to South Florida. Actually, this place sounds, this place sounds beautiful. Wellington, Florida. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. Sure it yeah. is. A lot of the, country the neighborhoods out there, man. The neighborhood that this crime occurred in was, there's, it is, uh, it was shocking not only the way that the crime occurred, but also the fact that it occurred in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, in this this very exclusive neighborhood known as the Arrow Club, where they actually have a landing strip going through the like dividing the neighborhood. It's a bunch of like uh, basically uh, rich retired people. They, oh, because people of them have their own airplane hangars and helicopters, okay. and it's pretty freaking fancy. That's what I was going to ask. I guess a lot of the a lot of the residents fly in and out of there. Mm-hmm. Probably for work and whatnot. Okay. Well, not just for work, but for just for recreation. Grocery like store like runs. Retired, old, retired older guys that they take their plane out, you know, three days a week and fly around. and Just fly around. That must be nice, yeah. huh? Yeah, I think yeah, I'll go for a life, flight. Huh? Yeah. I think I'll yep. fly down to Mexico. I think I'll fly down to the Bahamas, see what's going on down here. Yeah, right. <laughs> go pick up some, some coffee from uh, Colombia. Yeah, exactly. I'll be, I'll be back by lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Get some fresh brew, you know. Hey, nothing better than that, man. You got to brew your own beans. Yeah, we still haven't gotten a coffee sponsor. We did have someone hit us up and say that they reached out to a coffee company that they love that's local to them yeah. uh, on our behalf and say, that, hey, this podcast wants a coffee sponsor. We haven't heard back quite yet, but we're still, we're still pushing. We still want a coffee sponsor, people. Yeah. Make it happen. Spread the word, peeps. Spread the word. Yep. We're not asking to be paid a whole lot of money. We just want mo- mainly coffee. We we'll, just want we the coffee. for coffee. We will work. Yeah. <laughs> we, we already do, <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves. Right. <laughs> we can't work with it without it. That's right. Fair. That's right. I got some Starbucks beside me right now, man. I'm mm. ready. I got this cold brew. It's 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 actually on its last leg, so I'm actually rip roaring and ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we're probably gonna have to take a bathroom break because that cold brew. You know what that does? Well, don't remind me. I'm I'm, I'm trying to put it out. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in podcast mode right now, Lauren. I got time for bathroom breaks. Got, get right. this story going. So let's go back to 1990, a beautiful May day in Wellington, Florida, the Aero Club, exclusive neighborhood. Just, just after breakfast, a white convertible Chrysler LeBaron pulled into a woman named Marlene Warren's driveway. Um, a clown emerged. Oh, so this, this is not good. convertible Chrysler LeBaron pulls up, and a full, full-on full clown shows up with balloons. Hmm. Uh, Marlene was a 40-year-old mother and wife. She was at home with her 22-year-old son. Uh, her son's girlfriend, and several of her uh, son's friends. So kind of a packed house on this day. Right. Um, mostly young people. Um, the clown, an apparent messenger, dressed in a clown costume, complete with an orange wig and rubber nose, holding balloons. One of the balloons said, you're the greatest. Uh-huh. And flowers. So this clown's, you know, this is quite quite the delivery yes. going on here. Yes. Someone Someone seemingly paid quite a bit for this, you know, for this delivery of balloons and flowers to be brought. Right. This is quite the charade. Um, Yes, definitely. The clown walked up Marlene's driveway to the entryway and rang the doorbell. Marlene Warren answered the door. Marlene's son remembered hearing her say, How pretty. 
The clown mm-hmm. handed her the balloons, pulled out a gun, and shot Marlene in the face. She, she, he shot she her. Lied there. Uh, uh, paramedics responded, and she would end up dying two days later. The clown shot her twice in the face. Is that correct? Was it like, twice? Yes, I think shot her twice in the face around the mouth area. Oh, my God. Yes. The I've, clown then, uh, after firing, turned, walked slowly back to the Chrysler LeBaron, uh, which didn't have a license plate on it, of course, and drove away from 1450, uh, 14570 takeoff place. Um, takeoff place, that kind of tells you about this neighborhood. I, I was about to say. Runway running through the middle of it. All of the road names were themed. probably plane themed, yep. Yeah. Got you. <clears throat> Propeller Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> Tailfin Street. Right. So, uh, Cockpit t- t- <laughs> Bob, Bob Farrell, a spokesperson for the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, told reporters at the time, this is the strangest thing I've seen in all my 19 years of law enforcement. As she went to take the flowers and balloons, the clown shot her. Mm. So let's, let's get a little bit more information about Marlene, the victim in this case. Yeah, Marlene Warren was born on April 15th, 1950. She shares a birthday with Seth Rogen and Emma Watson. Oh, right on. There's a group of likable yeah. actor and actress there. I like both of them people very much. Just watched a movie with Emma Watson last night, actually, Perks of Being a Wildflower. Really good film. Oh, okay. Very nice. Par- Parks- Perks of Being a Wildflower? Yeah, it's on Netflix. All it's right. a good movie. Cool. Good recommendation. Um, so Marlene was born in Mount Clemens, Michigan. She was a lovely, beautiful woman with seemingly no enemies. Um, however, the man she got with, uh, I couldn't say as much nice stuff about. Mm, no. I'm sure he had some enemies. Yeah, we'll talk more <laughs> about him in a minute. Bizarrely, though, this this part freaked me out. Her parents were interviewed in a 2020 special about this case. Um, they went to they went to her parents' house. They're an elderly couple. Um, they had an affinity for clowns, oh, and no. so did Marlene. Oh, um, and uh. they're actually in her parents' house to this day. Is an entire room filled with clown paintings, clown dolls, and one of the paintings that they still have was a, a painting that Marlene had done when she was a teenager, and it's a really well done clown painting. And they said they'll never get rid of it for obvious reasons, but they still won't. Well, they say obvious reasons, but I would get. I, I think would I ditch would get that, rid of all that shit reasons. now. All that yeah. stuff gone. Like, I'd burn that room down. Fuck <laughs> clowns, man. They must be they must be like clown fans from like pre Stephen King, right? Like pre it. Because right. I feel like it is what really started all this suspicion around clowns. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they were just it, they were they, they were just they actually were friendly, fun loving creatures before then, before it. Yeah, and I think and after Pennywise, Pennywise after came Pennywise, it was just a game changer, man. No, I don't. I don't know any. I don't know many modern people that were born. I would say after 1980 that really have an affinity for clowns anymore. I would love to meet someone. I really would. I'm sure there are people. I'm sure there's plenty of people that do. I would just. I'm just saying. It's not as popular as it used to be. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. It makes me wonder what year did it come out? The book and the movie, because. It'd be weird if it came out in 1999. Uh, okay, so 1986 was the novel. Oh, okay. I don't know about the movie. Let's see. The original. The novel, I mean, that's when you have to go by, right? The novel came out, or the new one came out in 2017, but the old one, I'm not sure here. Let's see. There was a miniseries done in 1990, the year of this crime. Oh, really? So it almost makes you wonder if it was a little bit inspired by the book and by the, you know. 
Okay. But any love that the parents had, that Marlene's parents had for clowns, and maybe they still viewed them as a happy thing, after this happens to your daughter, someone wearing a clown costume shoots your daughter in the face. Like, it's all that clown shit's getting burned. Yeah, absolutely. And anytime I see a clown, I'm going to want to attack them. Yes. I don't know how you would ever have any type of affinity towards clowns after this. Yeah. I, don't, I just can't see it. <clears throat> so... Marlene had been married to her husband, Michael Warren, for 18 years, with whom they had their son. Um, it seemed like they had several children. I just didn't get a whole... I couldn't find... I've looked at a billion articles about this case, and yeah. I couldn't find a ton about Marlene's background. There's a lot of a lot more about the other characters in this. Right. Um, well, they probably want to keep a lot of that private as well. I mean, yeah. honestly, her kids deserve to live a life unaffected by this, if possible. They're, I mean, it, mm-hmm. as, po- as much as possible. I know they were already adults, when this happened. So they're, yeah. they have to live with that already. I don't think they need to be in the limelight anyways. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they don't want any of that right. attention. Yeah, so her husband, Michael Warren, had a reputation that matched his profession. He owned a used car lot with low-quality cars that those with bad credit could get a ride from. Uh-huh. Um, he, just hearing, the more I heard about him, he I just couldn't stop thinking about the movie Matilda and yes. uh, Danny DeVito's character, this scummy used car salesman who like rolls Dude. back the odometer on the it's, on the cars. Yeah, and, uh, with like a drill. Painted the <laughs> bumpers like, <laughs> and like glued them on and shit. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's a great, that's, that's a great vibe. I mean, that's a great description. That's, it's yeah. just too real, right? The used car, used car business is just, that stereotype is too strong for it not to be true. <laughs> right. And and here is proof. Here is a real live real live Matilda's dad in Michael Warren. Right. That's what that's what you're witnessing here. <laughs> yeah. And although he lived in a fancy country club neighborhood, his neighbors say he was never part of the community and trouble seemed to follow him. They were they they didn't they kind of steered clear of this guy. Hmm. Um even though it was a tight knit neighborhood, everybody seemed to hang out and and all that. He wasn't a part of that. They they seemed they, they seemed like they were almost slumlords too. Uh Michael they owned a bunch of properties together, Michael and Marlene, but Marlene, they were all under her name, which played into this. It was, you know, speculated that if Michael played a part in this, it may have had something to do with it. They couldn't get divorced without it being ugly because she had her name on all these properties that they had a bunch of uh, value in. Gotcha. Gotcha. He didn't want to lose all that. Right. Gotcha. So the witnesses in Marlene's Warren's home, um, including her son, her son's friend, uh, her son's girlfriend, they described the person who fatally shot her while dressed as a clown in 1990 as a tall man. Four witnesses described the shooter as being anywhere from six feet uh, to six foot two and hours after the killing however the workers at a costume shop uh, called police and said that a woman had bought a costume clown two days earlier so you get mixed ah. reports here and we talked about this also before the show uh, as far as the description that the witnesses had seen uh, what we just talked about as far as a clown is such a good disguise it's hard to tell what you're dealing with. You got yes. a wig. Everything about you is disguised. And, and it'd be t- really hard to tell someone's height as well because the wig is so tall. And what you don't, kind of, what, you don't what know kind how, of shoes are they wearing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I was going to say that. The big shoes, the oversized shoes or whatever, the wig, you, you can't tell how tall someone is and you can't even tell their frame. You can't even tell whether they're a thin or a stocky person, right. a, a muscular person. You can't tell any of that typically because of the, the huge you know coveralls that are so baggy that typically come with clown costumes. If she bought this all as a clown costume, you can bet that it was a it was a throw-on get-up. You know what I mean? It's something you just yep. throw on over all of your clothes. This was not like a well-made costume. It's probably something that you throw on, tie in the back like a hospital gown, you know, like you get at Party City or whatever. Right. So it'd be almost impossible to tell what the real size of this person was. 
Now, the costume came from a costume shop. According to the, uh, the owners of said costume shop, a woman had showed up two days prior to the murder and had showed up after they had closed and was adamant about getting this costume. And I'm not sure they if they had everything. Just had to have it, huh? Available at that moment. She basically ordered it, and it was like just dressed to the nines clown costume, like everything, you know, that a professional clown would have. Right. And, you know, I thought this was kind of silly at first when I heard about this. I was like, why didn't she just get what they had available? But then again, if you're going to go make a random delivery, I think the the only one that makes sense would be the clown. Right, because you would mm-hmm. think like a party company maybe just sent the clown to make the delivery for for whatever reason. But if like you show up as a werewolf, it's kind of hard to describe that. You know what I'm saying? You show up as like Dracula. It's like what's your what's your stick here, dude? It's May. Like what what are, what are you doing? You, you yeah, follow and me? Also, who we later who we believe to be the killer um, also had a thing for clowns. We come to find out, and may have known the victim. And may have known that the victim had a thing for clowns, and the victim's family had. A, I mean, I'm trying. Oh, I can't help but think so you think this it's whole that clown spiteful. thing has to be connected. Oh, I just thought it was just the the only costume like that made sense as far no, as. No, I think clown was that was the whole. It was going to be a clown regardless. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So the clown was intentional, and she had to have it. I mean, that was obvious. So the police are getting these conflicted reports. They get the you know the witness description of it being a six six plus foot man um then they get the costume store saying you know that a woman had bought this costume two days earlier and that's a weird coincidence but then they they figure Mm -hmm. out that the balloon one of the balloons that the clown had brought uh to the murder scene said you're the greatest on it and that particular balloon was only sold at one grocery store in palm beach that was a a grocery store called Publix grocery store with an x Yes. Um, yes. And the store. We have Publix here as well. Yeah. And the nearby Publix yep. store, uh, they they went and talked to the people that worked there, and they told investigators that someone had a woman had bought flowers and balloons ninety minutes before the killing. So the flowers that were found oh, wow. and the balloons. That this is starting to shape up to be a woman was at least involved in purchasing the stuff used in the killing, whether a woman right. did the actual killing himself or not. Um, that it seems that there was a woman involved here because it's just these coincidences are too strong. Right. And all this stuff was purchased within two days of the murder. Yeah. And, and the balloons with, with and the, the flowers purchased just an hour and a half prior. So Hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's like on the way to the murder. Mm-hmm. Basically. <laughs> okay. Police then found, I believe it was two days after the murder, they found the white Chrysler LeBaron used in the murder with an orange wig hair inside of it. The wig hair would later come into play, but that that was all they were able to find as far as evidence within the car. There was no fingerprints. It was clear that whoever did this murder used this car as a getaway and then ditched it. It was a, it turned out mm-hmm. to be a stolen car. More on that later, but um, yeah, they intentionally left n- nothing to work with. At least they thought you know the wig hair would come into play. Um, right. But I can't help but every time I hear White Chrysler LeBaron, think about that cake song, short skirt, long jacket. Yeah, the short skirt and a long. She's trading her MG for a white Chrysler LeBaron jacket. <laughs> Literally, is the a yeah, line in the song. I love. You Kate. might have to use this uh, play. Let that play into the intro for this episode a little bit. Work off <laughs> okay, that cake song. I'll, I'll definitely bit. let it inspire me. If not, <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely listen to that. Nice. I, I love. It. Like I said, I like cake. They think outside the box. Their songs are crazy. Yeah. So the question. Uh, had to come into play. Where did this white Chrysler LeBaron come in? Uh, how did it? Where did it come from? And it's a little weird right. that 
you know, the victim's husband owns a used car lot. So, of course, the police are going to make that connection. Like, is there any connection between this car and her husband's used car lot? And they were able right. to determine that. Uh, I don't know how much later they found this out. Do you know? Um, I, I think this was like just within a, a couple weeks of the murder. Okay. They found out a lot of this very recent. Yeah. You know, a lot of this circumstantial evidence they've known for a while. So the white Chrysler Baron was a rental car from another state, right? And yes, and the person and from another company. Yeah, and from another company, from a company that rented out cars. And the person right. that had rented the car and gone to Palm Beach was looking for said rental place that they had rented the car from in another state that was local yes. to Palm Beach, so they could drop the car off. And they looked up the name, which was what would you say it was? It was. It was something regarding payless rental cars or something like yeah, that. A similar name what ha- that Michael's yes. used car lot had. And they got confused and they yes. contacted Michael's used car lot. And him being a scummy guy that he is was like, yeah, bring it by and drop it off. That's fine. And basically stole it, essentially. Basically stole the car. He yeah. saw an opportunity to have a car, right? Yeah. Yeah. So basically he was running an ad in the local paper or something that said payless uh, pay less auto used cars or whatever. And they, the person saw that and just called the number like without doing any more research. I mean, you got to remember this is, this 1990. is 1990. Yeah. Um, no internet. So it's not no like they could just you can Google just up and, and get directions. Exactly. So they, they found the number in, in the paper and that's, it was an easy mistake. Mm-hmm. It was an easy mistake, yeah. honestly. And, and especially since Michael accepted it and was like, yeah, bring it by. Yeah, we'll just take drop care the car it, no and problem. the keys in the front drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. so police learn about that, and it's and it's looking more and more like, uh, you know, the, the victim's husband may be involved in this thing. The police mm-hmm. then learn about a woman named Sheila Keen, twenty-seven-year-old Sheila Keen. Uh, she was twenty-seven in nineteen ninety. She rep- repossessed cars for Michael Warren's used car dealership, so she worked for the victim's husband. Um, right, and she was pretty ballsy. Apparently, she didn't care what part of town, what time of night. She would go take that flatbed and just pick up any cars that uh, needed to be repossessed um, for Michael. And detectives learned Damn. that they had been having an affair, uh, Michael and Sheila. Uh-oh. Yeah, he was 38 at the time, 11 years older than her. Motive. Um, other employees at Michael's used car lot said that they frequently took lunches together, and Michael began paying Sheila's rent when she separated from her husband, who was, I found out, a Klan's member. So she has... Uh, Quite the taste in men here. Used scummy, a scummy used car salesman that's married with kids yeah. and ex and uh, clan members as well. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, she knows how to pick them. <laughs> yeah, she knows, she how, knows to pick how to pick them. Um, she had yeah. separated from her husband four months before Marlene was killed. So now police are really got something to work with here. Um, with this new information, they went back to the costume store with a picture of Sheila Keen. And the people that owned the costume store were able to say, yes, that is the woman that was here when after we had closed and was adamant about getting a clown costume two days before the murder. Um, so yep. within weeks of the slaying, police viewed Michael Warren and Sheila Keen as strong suspects. During their investigation, detectives discovered that Michael Warren was rolling back odometers on vehicles at his used car lot. Uh, which <laughs> Dude, so much is, shit got uncovered because of this. Yeah. It's like he thought, he thought, oh, they'll never, they'll never... You know, come back. This will never come back on me. But man, I'm so glad. So much little shit. I'm glad they nitpicked his ass during the process. Yep. You know they were making it really difficult on him. Yep. They were finding everything they could, and this guy had a lot to hide. <laughs> yeah. 
And it didn't help Sheila's case when it was discovered that she often dressed up as a clown for her kids' birthday parties and charity events. Oh. So. Uh, yeah. I really want to talk about Gacy here, but no, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> I feel like you said almost a very similar thing when they, when they suspected Gacy about it. And everything started coming out about him doing kids' birthday parties. Thank Remember God that? this woman never met John Gacy because they seemed like they would make oh, one hell of a killer power couple. She would probably cheat on uh, Michael Warren with him. Yeah. And then <laughs> and move on. Yeah. So uh, Michael would end up being convicted of racketeering and multiple other felonies and served nearly four years in a minimum security state prison at the Homestead Correctional Institution for his what they uncovered as far as his practices at his rental car co- or at his uh, used car company, used car lot. Wow. And so now they have him behind bars and they can continue to investigate further into his wife's murder. Um, he would right. end up being released on New Year's Eve 1997. But police still only had circumstantial evidence against him and Sheila, um, and no arrests for Marlene's murder were made. The case went cold. Now they had, so, I feel like they had mm. some strong circumstantial evidence. Um, yeah, but without a doubt, though, to convict without a doubt, yeah, it's tough. I don't know, man. It's tough because the the, it, the biggest it, problem they had, I think, was that the the witnesses at the scene were they they were so conflicting on you know their description. It, they didn't. They, they said a tall man with blue eyes. And Sheila yeah. was a you know slender small woman like five foot two with brown eyes, with brown eyes. Yeah, yeah. it just didn't it match was... up. And this these are people that are nope. at the murder scene. Yeah, I know. So more but, on that. But clown costume though. But clown costume. I know. That's I know. what people got to understand. Yeah. So more on the descriptions that the witnesses gave in 1991, one year after the murder, on the Jack Cole talk show uh, on WJNO radio station, Cole interviewed. So the, the radio host, he interviewed Michael Warren and Joseph Ahrens, the widower and son of Marlene Warren. Um, and they said that, uh, quote, one theory is that it was a woman in the clown outfit, and some have felt that a woman may have, uh, may have been Sheila Keen. That woman may have been Sheila Keen, Cole said. It was a clown with balloons and a basket, and we heard this loud boom, Joe Ahrens said. Ahrens and his girlfriend, Jean Pratt, were there eating breakfast and saw the clown come to the door, shoot Warren, and then walk away. Could you tell by their gait or their mannerisms whether the person was a man or a woman, Cole asked? Well, to me, it seems like a man. The big hands and the size of the person, said Aarons. In sworn statements, Aarons and Pratt both gave investigator, said that the, to the investigators that the clown was tall, 5'8 to 6'. Now it's 5'8 to 6'. Because before it was 6'2. to six two. So it's yeah, shrinking I know. a little bit. I was just bit. thinking the same thing. Shrinking a little bit. Yeah, and weighed between 160 and 180 pounds. But once again, how do you tell what a clown, uh, someone wearing a clown costume weighs? It's almost impossible. The, the outfit is intentionally baggy as shit. Yeah, exactly. And also 160 to 180 pounds, it's not a big man. No. That's not a big man. Even six foot, that's, I mean, I don't know. I guess in 1990, I, I swear people are getting bigger. <laughs> I swear to God. Even since 1990? Uh, yes. Well, dude, that's 30 years ago. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? I definitely think people are getting bigger, man. More more damn steroids in our food. Yeah. But that's another that's another conversation. Yeah. Uh, so like Aaron's, Pratt also described the clown as a man. He walked real slow to the car, got in the car, looked at us. I remember those eyes. So horrible. And he drove away real slow, said Pratt. Investigators asked what color the clown's eyes were. A light blue, Pratt said several times. Wait. You don't remember the eyes too good, then? Damn. 
So. But but again, face paint, face paint around the face, whether it yeah. be white or a blue shade, it's gonna it's gonna reflect light differently. It's gonna be almost impossible. And Pratt is saying that the, the the best look he got at the clown was when the clown was across the street in the car. You're all the way up at the house, and you're able to see through all the makeup and stuff what color the clown's eyes were from that distance. Yeah. You know, and you're it's in impossible. you're in shock. You know, someone you know someone close to you has just been shot in the face. Like I, I don't know, it's tough. That's a tough situ- uh, situation to get a description. Right. I'm sure the memory is in your head very vividly, but that doesn't mean it's correct. Yeah, memories can be flawed. You know and just because that's right, and just because something traumatizing happened and you feel like you'll never forget it, that doesn't mean that you remember it correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of there's, and then imagine with that many people in the room, Lauren, all those witnesses, they were all talking amongst themselves, and then you know how many of them had different opinions, but yeah, didn't want to go they, against five or six. They all other kind of come to a consensus. Stated. Someone says something, it exactly. changes your opinion. You say something, changes their opinion. And that's correct. Yep. The and then overall, game. you have this basis opinion that's wrong mm-hmm. overall because everyone's trying to appease everyone else, or maybe they're doubting their own their own vision. And it just seems like such an unlikely crime for a woman to commit that maybe they just assumed just instinctually that it was a man as well. True that. Um, And Sheila Keen, actually, now that I'm I'm thinking about it, she's taller than I thought. She's five foot eight and was very slender at the time. That's a tall woman. And they said their description, the person could have been five foot eight to six foot in their second description. In their second description. Yes. So we're getting closer now. That, And also... That description was on a talk show. That wasn't to the police. Right. The police, the police description they gave was six foot or taller, mm-hmm. six foot, six foot two. So yeah. you need to be telling the police the five eight. <laughs> That's a big difference. Five eight to six two is a big difference. Yeah. And Sheila's hair is brown and her eyes are brown or possibly hazel. Now the hair is irrelevant because she was wearing an orange wig. So that's the hair color right. means irrelevant. nothing. But. In addition to thinking the killer was a man dressed in a clown outfit, both Aarons and Pratt described a different style of getaway car than the white Chrysler LeBaron police found nearby. They said, it was a white, it seemed like a hard top to me, said Aarons. Pratt agreed, both describing a solid-looking top and different types of pinstriping than the car uh, detective seized. When investigators in 1991 showed Pratt a picture of the car they believed to be used in the getaway, she said, I was shown this before, this is not the car. So they have I'm a completely different though, but description. But didn't she drive? Do what? But the LeBaron, was the LeBaron just like a soft top? It wasn't a uh, It was a convertible. convertible. Full-on convertible. It was a convertible. Yeah. But was it one of those removable hard tops? I didn't even see it with, because, the, with the top on it. I just, but it could have been one of the retractable ones that goes inside, you know, the... Yeah, I don't know. In 1990, I feel like it'd be more more of a uh, like solid piece removable because those LeBarons were just two-door cars. That's a small, that's a pretty small topper on there. Yeah. But I don't know how you would mistake a, a, you know, a functioning convertible, like a fold-back top with a hard top. That would be nearly impossible. Yeah. But there was another car associated with the getaway, right? An Audi of some sort? Yeah. We'll talk about that one later. But yeah, there was a second getaway car, allegedly, where all the evidence in the crime actually ended up. The white Chrysler Baron was seen by so many people witnesses at the scene and stuff that uh, smartly the perpetrators wanted to keep that car clean and not have any evidence in it. So they used a second getaway car where they transferred all the uh, crime stuff, the, the gun, the clown suit, all that into. Okay. What, like just around the corner? Or I'm guessing they... so, yeah. They near, parked nearby. Okay. What's okay. up, creepers? 
Well, it's that time of year again. Valentine's Day is upon us. Luckily for you, we have a new sponsor, Ana Luisa. They offer beautiful jewelry of exceptional quality at a fair price, and they are 100% carbon neutral. How can you get any better? You get a beautiful piece of jewelry and you're not harming the planet in the process. They offset 100% of their carbon emissions, starting with the sourcing of their raw materials all the way to the disposal of the pieces. Everything is in limited batches, ensuring the highest production standards while eliminating excessive waste. The, the prices of the jewelry start at just $39 with no luxury markup. The long-lasting pieces are crafted with care from the best noble metals, and they offer a 365-day warranty to replace or refund any piece that doesn't meet your expectations. I actually already ordered my wife a necklace off of AnnaLuisa.com. It's called the Mish. It's 14 karat gold plated with a green adventure in stone. I received it. I can't wait to give it to her. It feels so high quality, and she's going to love the fact that it's carbon neutral. You get a beautiful piece of jewelry, and you're not harming the planet in the process. That's right, Lauren. And all you guys got to do is go to the link in our description or go to www.annaluisa.com slash creeper. Treat yourself and your loved ones with a unique gift and use our code creeper, C-R-E-E-P-E-R, to get 10% off. So go check out A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash creeper. And make sure to use the code creeper to get 10% off your entire purchase. So the media attention and law enforcement interest in the case slowly died over the years, and it seemed that there would never be any justice for Marlene Warren. They had they had these suspects pinpointed, you know, right after, you know, within a year of the case, they were heavily pressuring them, and they'd even arrested Michael Warren for his practices at his used car lot, but ultimately they didn't feel like they had enough. I don't know if they brought what they had to the DA, and they said, no, you can't arrest them yet, you don't have enough, or what occurred, because it was purely circumstantial. It was like, you know, you're taking the word of people that work at stores oh well they you know she bought a clown outfit and oh she bought some flowers and balloons but the people at the crime right. scene no... are saying it's a man so it's tough it's tough right right finally in 2014 24 years after the murder you so you have this insane murder you know a clown walking up and shooting a woman in the face and then it just goes cold for 24 freaking years um and uh the, the cold case squad decided to reopen the investigation of marlene's warren Marlene Warren's death in 2014. They hoped that advances in DNA analysis and re-interviewing key witnesses would lead to a break in the case. Shortly after opening, reopening the case, they learned a surprising new detail about Michael Warren and Sheila Keen. They had gotten married a dozen years after Marlene yeah. Warren's death. For the past 15 years, uh, in 2017, they had been living in the small historic Abingdon, Virginia, within the Blue Ridge Mountains and operating a beloved restaurant together in Tennessee. So they just went wow. on to have this storytell life after after Michael Warren's wife had been murdered on her door on his doorstep. He went on to, you know, have this great life. Right? After he did 4 years in prison. He did do 4 True. years in prison. True. So For unrelated after that, crimes. And then, right? And then they were together for another, I guess, 8 years and then they got married. Yeah. So I guess I guess he felt like that was long enough. That doesn't seem like such a red flag. Like, oh, apparently it wasn't right because they the, nobody knew the wiser until they finally decided to reopen the case. You know, exactly twenty four years That's later. What I'm saying that was a smart move. They just lived together as if they were together and married, and then and they're like, to be fair, Sheila Keen did change her name. So they were and they moved away. They moved far mm -hmm. away from where the murder had happened. Um, right. So yeah, right. back in two thousand two, twelve years after. Uh, Marlene's uh, murder 
Michael Warren and Sheila Keen had gotten wed in Las Vegas. Of course, we had to have a Las Vegas reference. There it is. There it is. Hot damn. Oh. That's where you go to get married if you're a couple of fugitives. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, investigators suspected Karen uh, Keen Warren. So, um, Sheila. That's her new hyphenated last yeah, name. Sheila Keen Warren at the time of the shooting, but was an arrest. An arrest wasn't possible until the new DNA technology connected her to a piece of hair found in the suspected getaway vehicle. That orange clown hair that they found in the white Chrysler LeBaron. Uh, they yeah. they finally had what they needed to make an arrest twenty years twenty seven years after the murder, um, and there they, that blows me away. Yeah, there's the the defense attorneys for Sheila. They they dispute this heavily. This evidence with the orange hair, you know, they they dispute the DNA evidence regarding it because it's not that definitive. It's just it, it basically <laughs> can't rule her out. We'll talk more about that. But first, let's go into Sheila's background. This woman now that we believe okay. to be the killer in this, Sheila Keen Warren was born Sheila Marie Sheltra. She spent much of her childhood in LaBelle, uh, 30 miles west of Cluiston in Hendry County. Her family moved to Martin County in around 1980, where she attended high school. Her father, Robert Shelter, owned a construction company in Indiana Town, where he still lives. Indian Town, sorry. Uh, Indian Town, yeah. Uh, an older boy dated she- uh, Sheila named Butch. Um, he became close friends with her family and even accompanying them on vacation to, uh, to visit relatives in Vermont on several occasions. He long ago lost contact with her, but he told the Sun Sentinel that he is stunned when he was stunned when she was arrested in a fatal shooting. He knew her to be steer clear of guns. Her dad and I went on hunting trips, and she was squeamish about that stuff. He said, "So he's not buying it. Wow. He's saying that she was afraid of guns, and he can't see her doing it. He remembers her as a strong-willed girl. She was very independent, and when she wanted something, she went for it. In 1984, yeah. she was arrested. Even a man. Yeah, exactly." That's very true. I mean, that almost doesn't look good on you. When she's she's very strong willed, and when she wants something, she just takes it, even yeah. if that it is also, a married man. Right, and also you knew her as a child, man. People change. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He knew her as he knew her as a teenager, young adult at most. I mean, people change. People can change within a couple of years, especially if they get around an influence like Michael Warren. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, people can change real quick. Um, in 1984, she was arrested for shoplifting in Palm Beach County. That was followed up with a felony theft charge in Margaret in the summer of 1986, and she was sentenced to six months probation for that one. The following month, a pregnant Sheila Sheltra married Robert C. Keene. She was 23. He was 41. They made their home in Pahokee, wow. and their son Charles was born three months later. By 1990, both worked for Michael Warren at Bargain Motors in West Palm Beach, Sheila filed a domestic violence complaint against her husband in January of 1990 and moved into an apartment with rent reportedly paid by Michael Warren, and that's where this whole thing kicked off. Now we're caught up. And she would end up divorcing her Ku Klux Klan member husband and moving on to a (laughs) scummy car salesman. Which with with whom she could then go on to kill his his wife, and they could get all the rental properties and all that money, and live happily ever after. They thought seems like a successful plan. Yeah. As the clown killer, police say Sheila Keen Warren wore a garish face paint and a red bulb nose when she got shot her lover's wife in the face. But in a quaint tourist town in the Blue Ridge Mountains where she has lived since at least 2002, some say she wore a different disguise. She was going by the name Debbie Warren, a doting wife, restaurant owner, and outgoing neighbor. For the 15 years from 2002 to 2017, Sheila and Michael Warren made their home in a small historic Abingdon, Virginia the oldest building in town, now a restaurant, dates back to 1779. So they were they were living in Virginia, or at least their house was in Virginia, and then they were working in Tennessee at this restaurant, 
Um, and they were basically going back for the weekends to their home and they would work on it and stuff before they finally retired. Um, so they're living this life, man. They think they got away with this. Um, they're, they're running this restaurant. They'd actually just recently, uh, retired from the restaurant business and had, uh, gone back to their beautiful brick home in Abingdon, Virginia to live out their days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, thought they'd gotten away with all of this and it would never come back. However, their story ending, uh, came to an end on Tuesday, September 26, 2017, when they were returning home from a trip to, to Vermont to visit Sheila Keene's mother when they were pulled over by police. Uh-oh. Deputies from the Washington County Sheriff's Office arrested Sheila Keene Warren on the side of the road and took her to jail. Quote, taking another perf- person's life is a horrific incident, he added. It took us 27 years to bring closure to the fam- uh, victim's family. Murder cases never go away. During the 15 right. years that the Warrens lived in Virginia and worked in Tennessee, they were known as hardworking, generous, sociable uh, people. Nobody had a clue that either of them had been married before, that they came from Florida, that Debbie's real name was Sheila, or that the couple's seemingly idyllic life allegedly harbored a deep, murderous secret. Quote, it does seem like the people I know, I feel so warmly toward them, said the neighbor, Brooke Bev- Blevins, who is 67 years old. She said, how could somebody be capable of something like that, be so good-hearted and loving? So they really had the people in, in this small town fooled. Or maybe they um, were actually happy, man. They'd done a lot of shit in their lives, and maybe they actually found a place where they were happy, and it was easy to be that way. All of that was a means to an end for them to have this beautiful life together. Yeah. I mean, if they lived that way for that long, they got away with it for, what, 27 years? I mean, it's kind of hard to just keep up a charade for 27 years. They didn't go their own way. They didn't separate. You see what I'm saying? Like they stayed. Yep. I think they were actually made for each other. I mean, I'm not saying they're <laughs> that makes them forgivable or good people in any way. Hell no, they should rot in prison. Yeah, absolutely, both of them. But I think this this life, this charade, was easy for them to keep up because they were happy there and they felt like they were far enough away from what happened in Florida and time wise, and they felt safe. And they started yeah, but a new life. What I love, I love that quote um, that the detective said. You know, it took us 27 years to bring closure. Murder cases never go away. And that's that's so true. I mean, that's yes, the whole is. show of cold case files and all that. You know, this like once DNA came around, all of these old murder cases that the perpetrator thought was going to just, it was it was done and over with. They'd gotten away with it. They'd come back. Yep. they come back. Advances in technology uh, allow these murder cases to be reopened. There's no statute of limitation on a murder case like that. It just, you know, you're never safe. You always have to look over your shoulder. It's just a matter of time. If you left anything and it's still preserved, it's just a matter of time, man, before they come knocking on your door. (laughs) So their neighbor, uh, during that 15-year span that they were living in Virginia, uh, their neighbors, they said that they were best friends, you know, the Blevins and and the, the Warrens. Uh, they were celebrating birthdays, holidays, the advent of summer, summer together. The Warrens were big on throwing parties for friends, Blevins said, often hosting get-togethers on their boat dock in front of their lakefront home or hosting viewing parties in the basement movie watching room, complete with collector pinball machines. Up until selling the wow. Purple Cow restaurant and retiring in 2016, the, couples, the couple worked six days a week they, where they then returned to their grand custom-built home with a steep circular driveway and a concrete fountain only on Sundays. So they came back on Sundays to enjoy their home before finally retiring back to that place. Um, since retirement, landscaping and gardening and do-it-yourself projects like replacing their boat dock railing filled much of their time. However, after, the, after her arrest, Sheila would be extradited to Palm Beach, Florida to face her crimes, where the murders she's accused of took place almost three decades earlier. 
Her trial is set to begin in May of this year. So it's a very current case. Right. The trial the re- is set for a few months from now. I was about to say, the only reason it hasn't, she hasn't already been tried is because of corona. Oh, is right. that what it was? Yeah, it's yeah. been postponed. I yeah, know that. she's just sitting in jail. It's got to be driving her crazy because yeah. I, I'm not convinced that she's going to get convicted. I know it seems. I'm like, not either. It I'm seems either. like a home run, but I'm not sure about this, man. With the yeah. time too, and you know, time heals a lot of stuff. Time does. Mm-hmm. It heals a lot of wounds. Well, and it, it really, the, it also brings into question witness testimony because it's like yes, thirty years ago. That's exactly I, right. You have to go off of what they wrote back then more than what they say now. So right. They and have then, to go off of what they wrote right after the crime happened when they said it was a six-foot man, six-foot tall man. Precisely. That's going to weigh heavier, you know, as far as a jury, I think, than whatever the witnesses say now, whether they stick to that story or they change it. That's right. Yeah. You can't, you can't change it now that you see the person of interest. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't change it now. And then also, how, how much Sheila has aged. She looks like a feeble, kind old woman now. She doesn't look like yeah. she could perform this type of horrendous crime. Right, so that plays on people's psyche as well. I just, I'm just not con- convinced that she's gonna, she's gonna pay for this, Lauren. I really don't think so. Yeah, but we'll I'm see. The same thing, but we'll, we will see. I don't know. There's definitely a lot of stuff that's. There's so much circumstantial evidence, and then, according to the prosecution, they have DNA on the wig hair that match that at least, you know, they got some of her DNA on one Marlene tiny piece it. of fake hair. Or, I mean, Sheila. What? They got a, they got some of her DNA on one tiny piece of fake hair, right? Like what? What do you mean? What kind of DNA? Like from her hair or like? Uh, Let's get into that. That's crazy. So we'll go through yeah. what we'll go through a little bit of what what we're looking at as far as the trial. The you know what the prosecution has, what the defense team has. Yeah. So not only did witnesses in Marlene Warren's home describe the person who fatally shot her while dressed as a clown in 1990 as a tall man, but her defense team also says that the hair evidence used to arrest a long-suspected shooter nearly 30 years later is misleading. In court documents made public in January, Sheila's defense attorneys attacked evidence and outlined several reasons their 57-year-old client should be released from jail before her trial that is slated to begin on April 9th, but it has since been moved to May Um, The state has spent the last 30 years trying to force the evidence to match this loose motive, but the pieces don't fit the puzzle, Keen Warren's attorneys wrote. Forcing the pieces into the wrong puzzle is futile and dangerous. This is precisely how you convict an innocent person. Hmm. So while DNA analysts said Keen Warren's DNA could not be excluded from the evidence, the FBI's raw data indicates that a male is the major contributor of the DNA analyzed from the vehicle. Oh, no. Investigators had previously connected the car to Michael Warren, which lawyers argue could mean that at any point, Keen Warren could have been in the car and left her DNA behind, but they argued that it did not validate the uh, accusation that she killed Marlene Warren. So because she was having an affair with Michael Warren, and Michael Warren had stolen this car and it had been in his possession at his car lot, she could have had reason to be in that car and have her DNA in there. Now, why would it be on the wig hair? I don't know. Right. Now, that's tough. That's a little tougher. That to, is a lot tougher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, okay, like, I could what? see it maybe being in the passenger seat of the car or whatever, maybe even the driver's seat, but why would it be on the orange wig hair? Why would the orange wig hair be in the car I just that's don't connected get how to Michael Warren? Her D- how her DNA would be on the wig hair. I don't understand how. You know what I'm saying? Is it like right. a skin sample? Is it like, what What did she, she, is it saliva? Did she accidentally spit on it? Like, what the hell? There's so many different ways that DNA can get on something. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a skin cell. It could be... Yeah, like you said, saliva or oil from her skin. I don't know. Oil from her skin, yeah. Maybe oil from her own hair. Yeah. Maybe got into it somehow. I don't know. That just blows me away that they're able to find it on a tiny piece of fake hair. 
30 years later. Like if you had a, mm-hmm. a piece of human hair that you wanted to test 30 years later, yeah, I totally get that. But a piece mm-hmm. of fake hair that has something on it? Hmm. Sus. You know what's tough though? I feel like they you almost can't set her free without convicting her. It's like it's so clear that Michael Warren had something to do with this to me. Yes. Yes. It's like tough to just convict her without him and it's tough to set her free it's without and let him walk free too. It's like how I, this there's with the car, we know that he stole it. It was at his lot, yada yada. Then there's the orange wig hair, which matched the you know the the clown that killed his wife. It's his wife, like he had reason to kill her. They had right. not only met. We didn't even mention their relationship, how rocky it was leading up to this. That um, Marlene had actually talked to her parents and told them that she was afraid that Michael was going to kill her because you know their relationship was not doing well and that she had all these properties under her name and he would want that. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's definitely motive there. There's so much circumstantial stuff that you can't get around. So, right, right. Man. But you can't take her down without him. That's what sucks. If she goes down yeah. for this, I mean, she deserves it, but so does he. He doesn't deserve to walk free and keep chilling in Tennessee running his restaurant or whatever the hell he's doing. Right. So let's talk a little bit about a man that came forward in 2017 at, right after Sheila's arrest. A man named John Moran Jr. came forward as a key witness. He says that he and his father worked at Michael Warren's used car dealership back in 1990 and that they were guys that kind of did Michael's dirty work. They would go get rid of cars that were stolen or whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. Michael asked them to do. Right. And before John's dad, so this was um, John Moran Jr., his dad was John Moran Sr. Before John Moran Sr. died a while back, he had basically a deathbed confession to his son and told him about the time that he got rid of a second getaway car filled with evidence, including the gun and clown costume used in Marlene Warren's murder. Um, he said that he told his son that he pushed the car, the second getaway car with all the evidence in it, into a canal in Palm Beach, Florida, and told his son, showed his son exactly where to go to find this car, um, so that if you know, so that he could show the police someday when the time was right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird. It's kind of like why not just show him now? You know. Right. Right. Uh, John Moran Sr. made sure his son knew exactly where the car was and how to lead police to it, and and that's what he did. In 2017, following Sheila's con- uh, arrest, he took the police to the location, and supposedly the police, there's reports that say that they recovered a submerged rusty gold Audi 4000S from this uh, from this river, mm-hmm. and it's it's like been brought into evidence. It's been logged in evidence. I don't know. Maybe more will come out in trial about this. It was there. Was the murder weapon in it? Was the clown costume in there? I'm not sure. I'm not sure we'll either, but I saw some of the contents the of the car. I, I, there was a YouTube video where they covered them pulling this car out, and they showed mm-hmm. pictures of some of the contents, and it all just looked like basic shit that, that I mean, but of course they're not going to show you the clown costume and shit on, on TV if they did find mm-hmm. it. Right, I guess. Right, because that's going to be withheld to you know basically right. for the trial's sake. But they did make a big deal out of finding the car and showing a bunch of other uh, things that they found in the car. But most of it was like fast food wrappers and and articles of clothing and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't look like anything detrimental to this crime. But I mean, like I said, they're not going to tell you everything they found in it. They may even be wanting them to think they didn't find anything in the car right now. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard with these cases that are this recent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this case is like still Like you said, ongoing. yeah, we're, we're just going to have to see how this one plays out, and maybe we do an update on this yeah. one at some point. Right. Later this year. 
Because I'm curious good. to see how this turns out. I, I'm 50-50 on whether she gets convicted or not. I'm kind of with you. It's like, man, I yeah. think there's a decent chance she walks on this. <laughs> because of how much time there was, it's like mm-hmm. they they couldn't get they couldn't get quite enough evidence back in 1990, and they would have had a stronger chance, I think, of convicting her back then. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt at all, man. But all right. horrific case. One of the one of the uh, it, you can't get that image out of your head of you know this clown walking up and shooting this woman in the face on her own doorstep, handing that, her balloons, her saying how pretty about the flowers, and then boom. Right, it's just like that. That changes, and and in that neighborhood as well. Think about everyone in that house, man. Probably has PTSD yeah. from that experience. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Her son, um, her son supposedly was in a cast at the time. Her twenty-two-year-old son and chased the car with the clown killer in it down really? the road. Yeah. He was in a neighbor walking cast, his dog, heard heard what he thought was a nail gun, and it was actually the sound of uh, Marlene being shot, um, and he saw the family freaking out. He was the one who told his wife to call 911. Wow. So, wow. yeah, picturesque, beautiful day in a beautiful neighborhood, and then that something like that unexpected happens, and it's still being basically fought about to this day in 2021 there's still going to be a trial yeah. about it and they're doing it in may right so we'll find out in may yeah that's when it's scheduled yeah late for. may late may is when the trial i think it's like the 20 something but it All could right. it could be moved again who knows it keeps getting kind of bumped around pushed back right depends you know, on the, corona and whatnot too covid what's yeah. going on with that yeah so well, let's right. talk about some oh my guy yeah yeah let's do it man Oh My Gaia is an innovative, all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural, paraben, and aluminum-free organic ingredients. And there's tons of scents to choose from regardless of the vibe you're going for. They got vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside, bergamot, amber... Uh, pear. There's even unscented, if you like. If you don't want to scent at all, but you just want to keep your own B.O. at bay, oh my guy, you can do that for you as well. And we have our very own scent called True Crime Pine. And you guys have access to all of these scents, plus scented oils, beard oils, incense. Oh my guy, I can do it all, guys. They can make your house and you smell good. And because you're True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the word creeper, C-R-E-E-P-E-R, for 15% off your order at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram, or at ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com. And that's the word creeper for 15% off, guys. You won't regret it. You won't find a better deal. Go do it. Smell better. Don't stink. That's right. Don't stink. It's good advice. All right, we got, uh, I want to thank a few people who've taken the time to leave nice comments, rate and review the show, things like that. I want to say thanks to K. Tina Strider, from the U.S. said, hooked, five stars, love listening to you when I come home from work. You guys make it fun and interesting to listen. Keep up the amazing job. Also got your stickers, and they're awesome. Right yeah, on. if you want stickers, um, you can either become a $5 a month patron member and get the gold Creep Band sticker, mm-hmm. very prestigious, or you can just click. Uh, there's always a link at the bottom of our episodes where you can click that and donate a few dollars, and then I personally send you a little postcard and some stickers in the mail. So. That's yes. always an option as well. That, yeah, that's still going. I, we don't advertise that much anymore, but I, I can see that you still stay busy with those, uh, yep. with those sticker donations from recent episodes. So yeah, 
And so also, uh, we don't do this often, but why not? Let's uh, thank some people who have left comments on our Instagram post. Check us out on social media, at True Crime Guys, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Yeah. Um, we post artwork of each episode that we do, usually. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty. Sta- Michael's pretty good about doing it every week. I, I and try to on our latest episode, he posted a really cool picture, and we got some comments. Um, Ann Hillsboro said, just about to listen. Zoe Bear said, horrific case. Zababy216 said, great episode. And Thank you. The dog, the dog Sitter CT said, a shame. Very sad. Great episode. And Murder in the Heartland episode was great. The friends you keep, definitely a must-see. Yeah, that episode we watched, uh, Murder in the Heartland. Yes, that's the Emma Walker episode. In regards episode. to last week's episode. Yes, the murder of Emma Walker. So yeah, thanks for all the comments and everything on, on social media, guys. We do appreciate We do see it. I know yes. we don't respond to it um, on the show as much as we should, but we, we usually write back if you ask questions or anything like that. We're pretty good about correspondence. Yes, absolutely. And we appreciate the uh, you guys sharing us in your Instagram stories as well. If you guys oh, tag definitely. us and tweet us or, or tag us in an Instagram story, we'll also share your story. So if you have things that you'd like to promote, hey, you promote us a little bit, we'll promote you. <laughs> That's yep. how it works, guys. So we appreciate it. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just check out Patreon, Patreon. patreon.com slash true crime guys. Two, two bucks a month gets you access to tons of premium content. You get the uh, next week actually is going to be a Patreon only episode. So the only way you'll hear us next week is if you um, become a patron member or you already are a Patreon member. That's um, right. And usually the episodes, we, we do a lot of bigger cases, uh, big name serial killers. A lot of times mm-hmm. they're two to three hour long episodes. Um, and if you become a $5 a month patron, you get that gold sticker I talked about, but you also get access to just the banter, a show that another show that we do, me and Michael, we just sit down. And if you love the banter on our show, some people yeah. bitch about it. A lot, of, a lot of you guys love it. It's a, literally just a show of us bantering. We just sit just down and banter. talk about whatever we want to talk about, you know, sports, that's dogs, right. investing, whatever. Nothing's off limits. It's just wherever the conversation no. goes, that's where we go. And we started we out that doing every these- Friday. Yeah, we started out doing these at like thirty-minute segments, but now they're turning into like hour-long just the banter. So, I guess that's I guess that's a win. <laughs> and yep. it's also a great way to stay current with uh, with the show and what we're into and what's going on because we record just the banter on Friday afternoons, if you don't know, and then it's it's posted by Friday night, typically uh, Saturday yes, morning very fresh. at the latest. So it's very fresh. If you guys want to respond to those types of things, that's a good way to stay in the conversation with us and kind of get to know us a little bit better. Uh, and like I said, that's that's available through Patreon, patreon.com slash truecrimeguys. But if you're already a patron of True Crime Guys, you're not a freeloader anymore. Guys, check out our other show, Strange and Unexplained. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, if you search True Crime Guys, you should be able to find Strange and Unexplained. You'll see the logo on there, True Crime Guys Presents. There is a... There is uh, two Velociraptors on the podcast logo there, and we are we just released episode forty seven this past Monday. You guys are listening to this on Wednesday. If you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, uh, episode forty seven. So we release new episodes of Strange and Unexplained every Monday on the free platform, guys. And what we do is we break down unsolved missing persons cases, strange phenomena. We do some cult cases on there, um, a lot of things. We do we have an episode on eugenics. Um, just all sorts of things like that. So if you guys want to venture into the supernatural, venture into the unknown, the weird, uh, strange and unexplained might be a great way to do that. So 
And also check out and our merch. on that show. On that show, there's been mention of alien abductions, Yetis, mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Yeah, <laughs> pretty mean, much. You name it. We've covered a lot of stuff that we'll never talk about on True Crime Guys. If yes. you like conspiratorial stuff, Skinwalker you can find Ranch. out where we stand on those. I'm more of a realist, but uh, yeah, I also like to, to. I think it's fun to dive in and consider things like that as well. It is. So. I take it as a challenge. I try to take all of the things and and debunk them with a legit theory. That's so. Right. If you guys are actually looking for something like that, not just to have, oh look at this, it could be this. It's like, yeah, I'm going to give you that as well. But we're also gonna we're also gonna bring you down to earth a little bit and be like, here's a legit explanation for why this may have occurred. That's yeah. that's the kind of information I want to bring. So, not to say that there's not things that we don't understand. There is, and I'm glad there is. Just saying, we do our best here on True Crime Guys to stay level-headed and grounded <laughs> on those sorts of things right. and bring you real opinions. So, yep. uh, one more thing, guys. Check out our merch, truecrimeguys.threadless.com. And you guys, we have all kinds of new updated merch designs on there, and you guys can get everything from shirts to fucking shower curtains. I mean, there's everything on there. Hoodies. We have shower curtains? Yeah, get you a shower curtain, bro. What? Shower curtains, tapestries, Is that pretentious art. to use a, have a shower curtain of my own podcast? Yes, that's what i thought i thought for sure it would be listen i wore my true crime guy shirt out for the first time yesterday and i I felt pretentious doing that i was like i struggle with it because i love the damn shirt so much like i know it's a great shirt the the material i got the tri-blend xl and it fits just so perfectly that i want to wear it all the time but like you said yeah it feels a little weird wearing your own podcast it does i got the premium tee and it's so soft i'm like this shirt's comfortable i could wear it every day but so pretentious so pretentious but you know it is what it is you know um, what I do is like if someone says, "Hey, what's that? What's that?" Uh, I go, "Oh, it's this podcast I listen to. I don't, I don't bring up that I'm the host of it." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> deflect, you know, deflect. Deflect, yeah, deflect. There's this podcast I, uh, I like. Um, what is it? True crime. The guys uh, are kind of douchebags, but you know, guys? it's actually not a bad podcast. Yeah, they didn't really knock themselves that, out. There's with this the name. host, Lauren. He's such a douche. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what they hear. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They're like, "What's this dude Michael in here for? He just fucking laughs the whole show. We should shut the hell right. up." <laughs> all right all right we're done so yeah we'll see you all on patreon next week for a patreon exclusive episode otherwise if you're a freeloader we love you all too and we'll see Absolutely. you the following week for another freeloader series of three episodes in a row and yeah that about does it keep creeping guys keep creeping true crime guys in the desert we like a mirage it's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was true crime garage now we ain't mad at you sit down let us talk at you I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder, get murder, get murder. True crime guys in the desert. We like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming.